back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Talking to McKay Coppin, staff writer for The Atlantic and author of Romney, A Reckoning, New York Times bestselling book. You can get it at Amazon or visit his website, McKayAldenCoppins.com. McKay, we only got you for a few more minutes. I just want to pivot here a little bit. Uh, this is something that's personal to me. I've worked a lot on religious liberty issues. Uh, we have established a pretty good working relationship between CCU and the LDS community on issues that we uh, care about and, and work together on. So do you think at this point, after 2012, do you think the ceiling was shattered for a Mormon to be elected president in the United States? Or do you think that's still an issue that needs to be addressed? I thought after the 2012 election that he that that Romney had gone a long way toward demystifying Mormonism, right? Like I think that uh, I thought that a lot of Americans had sort of come around to the idea that this weird kind of exotic religion wasn't actually as weird as they thought, and that uh, you know that they could get on board if they agreed with the candidate. I, I still think that's true, but. I have to say, in the last few years, some of the pop culture treatments of Mormonism, the kind of there have been movies and TV shows uh, mm. uh, that that feature Mormon characters. They're they're pretty. Uh, they're still pretty negative. And in fact, mm. not not just negative, but often kind of theatrically so. And so I do wonder how another Mormon presidential candidate would fare. I, I, I want to believe that Romney will be kind of remembered as the Mormon Al Smith. Remember the first uh, uh. Catholic major party presidential nominee who didn't win, but sort of paved the way for John F. Kennedy uh, eventually to get there. I, I think that, that, that that's possible. But, uh, you know, I still wonder if the how far Mormonism has to go in America to sort of being accepted as a mainstream religion. It was... Uh... It's a fascinating moment. I, I went back to Kennedy. I remember his speech about religious freedom that he gave. I think it was at the University of Texas that Mitt Romney gave. You cover that in mm-hmm. your book. Um, uh, in many ways, Utah is a flourishing state among a lot of states mm-hmm. that are not doing well these days, Colorado being one of them. Uh, and so there's things to look at. There's things to admire. And uh, what I have seen in, from our perspective is the LDS, evangelical, and even the uh, conservative Jewish communities coming together around shared values that we feel like uh, we need to support each other in, uh, especially in the political space. So um, I thought you covered that issue very well and, uh, and provided a lot of expertise to it. Uh, also, real quick, you got an article out on Mike Pence. I got to tell you. We invited Mike Pence to speak seven times to the Western Conservative Summit, and he never came. And I'm like, here's a wow. gathering of evangelical conservatives, one of the largest in the West, and we could never get him to it. And I just, uh, you, you talk about how he's kind of a guy with no home, and I was like, man, that is exactly right. I couldn't figure out who his base was at all, but an, a recent article you've had in The Atlantic about even the challenges that Mike Pence is going to be uh, facing uh, now that he's, well, he's withdrawn because he faced those challenges, but... Uh, McKay Coppins, are you going to be on the campaign trail again in the 2024 cycle? 
that's the plan. I'll be out there. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll come by come to your uh, fair state and we can uh, we can meet up. <laughs> There's a Colorado's a blue state. I don't think we're gonna have any presidential candidates. One of my complaints yeah, is that, that that's probably that's probably true. Yeah, uh, Donald Trump only came to Colorado twice in his entire presidency. And once was because wow. Jenna Ellis like forced him to land the plane in Colorado Springs to do a, a, a rally, <laughs> but that was uh, that was about it. But I think you provide good insight. Um, you treated uh, Governor Romney, Senator Romney, very fair. I appreciate that. And uh, it, for like I mentioned, no matter where you are on this political spectrum, it's a good read into the who the person of Mitt Romney is. Thank you, McKay Coppins, staff writer of Atlantic, author of Romney, a reckoning, New York. Times bestseller. Get it at Amazon. I appreciate you being on the show, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Well, as I mentioned, that was a book that uh, that took me on a journey. Um, I <laughs> I, uh, I worked for Rick Santorum in 2012. Um, one of my critiques of the book is I don't think that Mitt Romney treated Rick very well for a guy that gave him a real run for his money, won 11 states in the 2012 presidential campaign, and really is only mentioned like five times in the book. And I didn't get a chance to do this with McKay. Uh, Al Mohler has uh, has some strong words about Mitt Romney after reading this book. And Mitt, you know, says some not so kind things about pretty much every Republican out there. Um, Al Mohler says this, put simply, his thoughts are weird and totally self-absorbed, and he dislikes virtually all his Republican colleagues. Mitt Romney, it turns out, really likes Mitt Romney. He loves his family, adores his wife, Anne, idolizes his father, is truly committed Mormon, and really wanted to be president of the United States. If you were a Republican, he admires. You are certainly moderate or liberal, and you are probably dead. Um, I think that is a fair critique of what he writes about other Republicans. Um, he is not happy with, obviously, the direction of the party. And I covered it a little bit with McKay. He can't figure out the kind of turn of the Republican Party towards grassroots, blue-collar conservatives. And I remember watching that video of Donald Trump with West Virginia coal miners going, this is a shift. We didn't see this at, at any type of level like Donald Trump had with Mitt Romney. We had primarily suburban support. It was college-educated suburban support. We held this big rally at Red Rocks. It was a lot of moms, a lot of college-educated. That was kind of who Mitt Romney appealed to. And then by 2020, it had turned. But to his credit, Donald Trump won the presidency. He tapped into something that Mitt Romney was not able to, and as a result, became the president of the United States. There's something about that. Um, so is it a book I'd recommend? Absolutely. I think you should read it to understand who Mitt Romney is. And as I said with McKay, I don't necessarily want a conservative movement that excludes them. I'm kind of a get everybody on the bus type of guy. That the college educated or even the Harvard, Yale, Republican leaning, conservative leaning people should be able to find a home within the Republican Party just as much as the grassroots blue-collar Republicans do. That's, that's an ultimate formula for winning, in my opinion, if everyone feels like they can be a part of the movement against the radical left. I get this question pretty frequently. 
How could I have worked for Rick Santorum? How could I have worked for Mitt Romney? How do I run the Western Conservative Summit that has Lauren Boebert and Ken Buck and all these people together in one place? Because that's my vision. I get criticism about every single speaker I invite to the Western Conservative Summit. Every single one. Nobody gets by without somebody else going, I can't believe. I remember one time, even when we hosted Jared Polis at the Western Conservative Summit. One, I'm not afraid of ideas so long as they're not the promotion of a total rejection of our values. That's where I draw the line. We don't put Planned Parenthood on the stage of the Western Conservative Summit. But I like people who hold office, even if I disagree with them, being able to share their ideas. We do debates at CCU where nobody else does debates, right? We're very happy to have the free exchange of ideas. And that doesn't happen on the left. So I appreciate that. But as it personally, not as an organization, Centennial Institute, Western Conservative Summit, they're all nonpartisan. They don't get involved in politics or campaigns. But as a person, as a Republican, I see value in 2012 and getting Mitt Romney elected because it would have been a lot better than a second term of Barack Obama. It just would have been. Would have been as great as what Donald Trump delivered, especially as it relates to judges and the sanctity of life? I don't think so. I think we wouldn't have seen the end of Roe v. Wade without Donald Trump. I firmly believe that. His fighting for Brett Kavanaugh, for Neil Gorsuch, for Amy Coney Barrett, delivered a Supreme Court that was conservative enough to bring about the end of Roe v. Wade. You would not have seen that with Mitt Romney. I just don't, I think he would have equivocated to Democrats and we would have had a more moderate Supreme Court. But would, Barack, would have Mitt Romney been better than a second term of Barack Obama? Yes. That's why I went to work for him. And I worked really hard to try to make him the president of the United States. Rick Santorum being my first choice, of course. But that's kind of my vision, and I uh, was glad to be able to host McKay Coppin, staff writer of The Atlantic and author of Romney and Reckoning, on our show today. You can get his book at Amazon or go to his website, McKayAldenCoppins.com, McKayAldenCoppins.com. And I, I didn't agree with everything that Mitt Romney wrote about in his book. Just, I didn't agree with it. I don't think that Donald Trump is a greater threat to the republic than the radical left. I think the radical left, by every measure, by what they have done in Denver, by what they've done in San Francisco, what they've done to the state of Colorado, what they're doing to this country is a far greater threat than Donald Trump is. That's my personal opinion. So, but is it important to read these books, dive into these folks? Absolutely. Enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy seeing Mitt kind of bounce around in his head on all these different ideas. He kind of wrestles very openly, very publicly with all this. Well, friends, we're up against a commercial break. I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank McKay Coppins for joining us. That was a wonderful conversation. Friends, I encourage you to go check out centennial.ccu.edu. That's centennial.ccu.edu. That's our think tank. The Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University committed to advancing faith, family, and freedom. We're the tip of the spear, fighting hard for what makes this country great. I hope you join us. It's been wonderful to be with you. Thank you to Michael Geronimo Arpaio running the board for us. 
Always great to be with our friends at Salem. We'll see you next week. Till then, God bless you and yeehaw.